0: This is Trish Nugent welcoming you to News Extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio, where we feature interviews which will go into detail on some of the events in in the news this week. Austin Comerton is an Irishman living in Canada for the past 30 years. He runs an internet radio station called the Irish Radio Canada. He has been on holiday in Ireland recently and he called into studio this week to chat about his life in Canada and his Irish-themed radio station.
1: This is Jim Collins for Scarif Bay Community Radio, and I'm here today with Austin Comerton. Uh, Austin is uh, lives in Canada, he's travelling around Ireland at the moment, himself and his wife, and uh, we're um, delighted to have you here, Austin, in the studio. You're very welcome to Scariff Bay
2: Community Radio. Thanks a million, Jim. It's a real pleasure and honour to be here.
1: And we're joined as well by our own Luke Fleming. Luke, you're very welcome. Hello, Jim. No, Austin, you're an Irishman, uh resident in Canada for many years.
2: I born in Slower. I was um in be my Canada uh Nijakok the Hooked. Uh Band the originally, we emigrated in nineteen eighty eight. Okay. And um We've been there since. Uh, when we emigrated, we were in our mid-30s. It was the late 80s. Uh, anyone with grey hair will remember the late 80s. has not been very good times. So we upped and uh, brought the full family. The kids were six and nine at the time. So it was uh, a pretty major upheaval. And uh, the way I put it, and I think it's relevant, is we bought one-way tickets. And by that I mean when we were emigrating, we knew we weren't coming back. Yes, so many people emigrate and they think we're going to try somewhere for two or three years, but we knew we were on a one way ticket.
1: Okay, the um, I suppose you've you've kept your Irish accent by the way. You <laughs> don't sound very Canadian uh, here today, and it's it's great to to hear that. You um you brought a bit of Ireland with you though to Canada.
2: You never leave it behind, and and even you know one of the things we heard when you mentioned the accent that. Uh, The Irish accent or any accent, most people, if you leave after in your teenage years after puberty, you tend to hold on to your accent unless you're in somewhere where there's a very strong regional accent like Texas, New York, Boston, Chicago. But the Canadian accent is very neutral to the extent that some parts of the Canadian accent you would think you were actually in Waterford. Um, if you go down the east coast to Newfoundland, you have Powers, Ahearns, O'Briens, and um, you would think, as I say, you're, you're in Waterford, and they speak much the same.
1: Because they have brought, uh, even across the generations, they have held on to their Irish accent.
2: They, they have indeed, and the dialect, and even the phraseology at times. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you have uh, a radio station in Canada which... Uh, Attracted our interest, obviously, <laughs> uh, in Scariff Bay Community Radio. Irish Radio Canada.
2: Yeah, Irish Radio Canada is um, a spin-off, I'd have to say, from when I was broadcasting over the air for 11 years on a an ethnic radio station, Chin, 97.9 FM in Ottawa. Uh, Chin is a, a commercial radio station based. There's one in Toronto and then one in Ottawa. And uh, I acquired a two-hour slot weekly from in uh, 2005. And part of my reasoning behind it at that time was I was very uncomfortable with the stereotypical perception of the Irish and by that I mean you know we are very obvious or who we are is very obvious to the non-Irish on the 17th of March but we exist 365 days of the year so my attitude was I'm not a singer I'm not a performer I'm not an actor I don't have a high profile but I could be a facilitator to allow the Irish to represent what we are and who we are and how we contribute to Canadian society on a daily basis through literature, the arts, uh, tourism, politics, um, just every aspect of life, the medical profession, you name it, and the Irish are there. But they're leading their lives on a normal, quiet, daily basis. And the 17th of March is nearly an aberration.
1: Yes, yeah. and tell me, th- there is a huge, that's a question I was going to ask you, there is a large Irish community or, or uh, in Canada or, or descended from huge. an yeah, Irish
2: community? There's both. both. I would say there's probably three phases of Irish emigration that are very noticeable. There's those that would have been famine Irish, so the descendants of the famine Irish. Now there's pre-famine mm-hmm. Irish, like the canal in Ottawa was built between 1826 and 1832, predominantly by Irish navvies. The Lachine Canal in Montreal was built before that and the Trent Severn was built after it. And these were people coming over prior to the famine and they were working as navvies building. And um, Then you had the famine Irish and when they came, a lot of those... Um, Many ended up in Quebec, in the province of Quebec, so you will go into the province and you will have names like Morin, and it's M-O-R-I-N, Morin, and you have Cassidy, um, spelt different, and you will have um, Sylvain, and Sylvain is actually Sullivan, and these people do not have a word of English. Uh, You'll go out the gas bay, which is out kind of the equivalent of Loop Head, and you'd have a Murphy out there and not a word of English. Uh, so they have held their names, and yet they're very proud Irish. And in the census, they will indicate they're of Irish heritage. So about seven and a half million people in Canada's thirty-five million. When you would, say
1: not a word of English, you're, they would they, have
2: French. They're unilingual French. Yes, unilingual yeah. French. Um, but you would have seven and a half million possibly of those who complete the, the census of population thirty-five, thirty-six million who would have uh, designate themselves as of Irish heritage. Yes. And uh, even in, in somewhere around Ottawa, where we are a population close to about around a million, about 240,000 have designated of Irish heritage. Okay.
1: So just and in order to to promote, let's say, a, a, a vision of what Ireland is and what Irishness is, and uh, you had your two-hour slot... And when you when you left that station, you you sort of branched out on your own. It
2: did. This has always been a labor of love. Um, so um, while I was broadcasting over the air, I still had a full time daytime job, uh, which um, brought me all over Canada and all over North America, which was fantastic because it gave me the experience to see uh, that the, the whole continent. But um, when I retired from the daytime job, my wife retired from hers. Um, we decided to um change our lifestyle in retirement and we like to travel so rather than being committed to going to the studio and two hours studio work as you know when you put everything else with it was taking 20 to 24 hours a week in research prep all the rest of it so i switched to set up an internet radio station which i can operate from anywhere um i don't go live anymore but I do still produce a one-hour magazine show a week. And that comprises of in- interviews with um, what I consider or what comes across as relevant at the time. So it could be Canadian, could be Ottawa, it could be North American, could be Irish, it could be Irish in Australia, it could be something, but it's something, but it has an Irish hook on it. And particularly when I come home to Ireland, I like to go back with a case full of material that I will then put out over the coming weeks when I go back and that consists mainly of uh, guides that I have been able to record in places like here in Clare um, we've had a tremendous time and uh, uh, we're in um, the burren and at and my head is gone because there's been so many fun places and so many wonderful guides. In Ennis, uh, Public Works provided with the guys there at the Friary and lots of other places. So I seek permission, be it from Public Works or from private operators and sometimes with the help of Tourism Ireland, to line up an interview and a guide and clip a microphone on. And I do a walk around with them. And hopefully as a result of that, that it's giving the listener an enticement to go to some of these places which are not necessarily the iconic places like the Book of Kells, the Rock of Cashel or any of these but wonderful gems that are off the beaten track. Yeah,
3: could I say there, Jim? Uh, we we'll say Austin, where I came across you was you had uh, put a, a tweet out just in relation to when you were on your visit around here, and we we'll say because we we'll say I'm from Tungreeny, and you were in St Cronin's tenth century church, and you were in Killaloo as well, so that's where you popped up on our radar. So hen- hence why you're now here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we'll say uh, Irish Radio uh, dot. C A, which is for Canada, is yeah. is your um, your radio site. You stream twenty four seven a day all around the world. So anyone that sort of listens to Scarif Bay, you, you know, we, we will give you permission. You know, <laughs> we we'll say uh, outside of Saturday and Sunday, you know, we we'll say to, to go in and, to, and take a listen uh, during the week. Some great content, but
2: it, it is the music is nearly all Irish related. It's Irish, one form or another. As we chatted before we came on air, um, I have very simple criteria. If you are an Irish artist performer. There is no genre. So consequently, I play jazz, I play blues, I play Ceilidh, I play traditional. Uh, so uh, if you are non-Irish, and by that I mean if you are an American performer, UK, anywhere, it needs to be Irish music. If it's Irish music, you qualify. Um, and then, of course, I do have Canadian, but it's Canadian performing Irish genre music uh, because there's a very rich heritage in Quebec, in the Ottawa Valley, uh, down in Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland, very rich Irish heritage. So I do support the, the Canadian artists as well that would be in the same genre.
1: And who are your listeners, speaking of your listeners as Um, you did?
2: They're from all over the world. That's the fascinating thing about internet radio. Like it blows me away at times that uh, I would say percentage-wise my top are uh, the US and Canada. But I'm blown away. I see France. I see um, Australia pop in there. I see Russia pop in, um, uh, parts of South America. And the great thing about the files is you can see someone clicks in. And they stay and of course I'm out there on um, you can ask Alexa or you can go to OK Google and it's simply OK Google Irish Radio Canada from TuneIn and we're streaming Um, and likewise with the podcasts uh, it's on Spotify and it's all the podcasts on um, iTunes and all those places. But uh, the stats, as I say, it's it's fascinating the way uh, you can see where you're picking the listener up here and the listener up there, and the power of the internet. You know, when I was over the air, I was on a the station was within probably a twenty-kilometer radius of Ottawa, and then there was the stream, but it was predominantly a twenty-kilometer radius from Ottawa. Yeah, that side
3: of things is very interesting because we say we we have, you know, I say our podcasts are up online as well. And um, uh, one of the people that does one of our shows, Kleena Don, and who you Mm -hmm. are well familiar with, and you've interviewed her before. Kleena has a a large fan club of people that are not from Ireland and has particular unique listeners in a. South America, South America, in, America, in yeah, yeah. Argentina, who has actually contacted her, and we can yeah. sort of see that, you know, it was and Canada. In the shows. yeah, Yes, you know, and, so.
2: and I would say the one thing, that there's a strength for Irish traditional music is in Germany. Uh, I see that as well, that it surprised me that parts of Germany, that yeah. it, there was regular traffic coming in from there. So
3: if we were to say to you that there are other local people around that are... Uh, putting out a bit of music and stuff like that and if we sort of put you in touch with them or got sent you on links or for some of their songs you'd have no problem playing no their problem. music at all. One
2: day, One of the features I do is uh, I try to play between 3 and 4 every day is new music for the month and when I say new music it's not necessarily a new release it's new music that I've come across that month so I would highlight 15 to 20 albums and they repeat during the month in that block and it pulls from them. So um, I have access to new music coming out here in Ireland through um, Yangaroo, uh, which you guys I'm sure get some of your stuff from as well, but also then quite a number of artists I get unsolicited emails uh, with uh, albums and tracks and I'm always delighted to get it. But the one thing I I I would say as well is that part of the enhancement that the development was that I recognized that we're in a changing world. So I had an app developed. Um, and what the app has allowed me to do is to get onto a smartphone very comfortably and it gives access to all my archives going back to 2006 and all of my podcasts as well can be accessed through it. In addition, I recognise that one of the beauties of Ireland, it's very, uh, you know, they say a picture tells the story of a thousand words. So when I travel in Ireland now, I recognize I need to use Instagram more. And I try to put stuff up on Instagram as well of the wonderful place we get to visit. And only earlier on in the year, I've figured out how to join video. Uh, So I started doing videos and putting up a YouTube channel with a backing track. And that's been a lot of fun as well, helping share the the fantastic um, scenery. And again, it's away from some of the iconic stuff. Uh, everyone knows about the cliffs of Moher, and everyone knows the Rocky castle and everyone knows, as I say, Trinity College or these. But it's when you get to um, in in the the heart of the burn, um, or you get over, as you say, when when it was over in Chombrany there at, at the Saint Crown's yeah. yeah, those little treasures. Um, and what my hope and goal is that uh, whoever might see it that the next time they're, they're planning their itinerary and they kind of say, ah, I remember seeing this place, it looked fierce, interesting, I'm going to put it on my list and I want to take that in. And, you know, the, uh, a few years back I did a, a full walkthrough on the workhouse in, in Portumna. And uh, at the time um, the exhibition of Famine, Barg was on, um, Tui is the the sculptor. I can't remember his first name at the moment. Um, But it was stunning. And I had talked to him previously about it because I had seen it. And then I walked into the workhouse and here was this magnificent exhibition of bog oak uh, that was depicting the Irish famine so wonderfully in such a setting as the workhouse uh, centre in Port Omna. They're the kind of places that a lot of people never put on their itinerary. And it's kind of, say, well, there's this wealth there's this rid- hidden treasure as is being identified off, th- off the main road. Mm-hmm. So if I can help people to identify some of that and want to come, and particularly as Ireland opens up and people are now starting to look and say, well, where is it safe to go to as well? And sometimes the safe place is the quiet place. It's away from and um, from Grafton Street. Like, you know, I love Grafton Street, but, it's not necessarily the safest place to be at the moment. Yes,
1: well it's it's out, out in the country. Capum Freshan goiltoing roll the chang and a guilga. Top and top
2: well Nietzsche top yoganagum August Agus, Vice Culture Law one vime a to Monsco dean studio August um Masum go better go if I made the effort uh, mm-hmm. uh, that it might encourage those who didn't have it or whatever. And, and I don't have it back fully, and I don't try to claim to, but... Because one of the things I came to understand as an immigrant, more than anything else, was cu- language defines culture. I never understood that here. And what the Irish have in a language is so powerful... And it's only when you don't have it that you move abroad and you realise that, um, like, when when we landed in Canada, um, we were no different in that we spoke English and our accent was totally acceptable. And yet our culture, what defines it, is the beauty of the literature and the language and the uniqueness of the language and the power of it. So... I wouldn't be a fanatical Gaelgor, but I would certainly say we have a treasure that defines us more than anything else if we have our language.
1: Agus Sikora, shall o home go home.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, listen, it has been brilliant talking to you, Austin, um, you're coming close to the end of your trip to Ireland. We are and, indeed. And and hopefully, you know, you have had to enjoy yourself and, and we'll see you back. Please, God. Oh, well, but we
2: intend to be back regularly. It's yeah. like while we've been here a long time, it was never our intention to be here as long as we did. We came last year due to a bereavement and spent lockdown here. We were blessed to be here. We were again in an isolated area, so we walked and cycled practically every day. And then on the 2nd of June, we got to travel and start to get to mm. see family. I got to visit my I have a brother and sister. I got to visit with them. At, I, had, I had fully expected to go back to Canada without seeing my own family. Mm. But we've been blessed that we could, and we got to see relatives as well.
1: So, listen, remind us again, or remind our listeners, how they can listen to uh, Irish Radio Canada. Well, you
2: can download the app. If you go to either the app stores, the uh, Apple or Android, and Irish Radio Canada, you'll find the app, or irishradio.ca. Uh, go to OK Google or Alexa. Irish Radio on TuneIn. And then we're out there on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and the YouTube channel. Um, And occasionally we're at home. (laughs) <laughs> you do get home <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: well we, we will wish you a very safe journey home and uh, listen th- thank you for coming into our, our neck of the woods here and uh, said it's great that that you are over that you as you said you got away from the likes of you know uh, the Cliffs of Moher and you know Trinity and it, and came to find what we call the real country indeed yeah indeed indeed. so yeah. listen uh, Austin thank you very much,
2: much.
0: Breathe McNamara of Clare Camogie is currently engaged in a fundraising walk one million steps for Claire Camogie. Ono Hagan caught up with Breed for Scarf Bay Community Radio and chatted about her latest venture.
4: This is Ono Hagen here for News Extra on Scarf Bay Community Radio. Last year, uh, the PRO of Claire Camogie, Breed McNamara, walked all the way to Crow Park and back virtually during lockdown in Clare. And she's on joining me on the phone here today because you have another uh, campaign going, Breed McNamara. Good evening and welcome to Scarf Bay Community
5: Radio again. Thank you, on Thank you.
4: Um, What you're doing now, one million steps.
5: Yeah, one million steps for Claire Camogie. So I suppose last year was an exceptional year. We couldn't as a county board do any fundraising. And we had a levy in pay for our club, so we worked two together and... I came up with the idea to walk from Adam McNamara Park, our county ground, to Coe Park and back 434 kilometres, I think it is, round trip. But by doing it here in County Clare, visiting on the Camogie Club, and the club benefited from it because we were able to reduce their le- levy by 50%. All, we all assumed over the winter, yeah, this, this COVID situation, it'll be sorted, life will be back to normal. As we all know, life it still isn't back to normal. So, this year we knew that our hands are going to be tied again in terms of fundraising. So, I put the head above the parapet, if you like, and uh, volunteer to do it again. So,
4: you're, like you're I must say, Bridge, you are the, the queen of Claire Camogie because you're always first up to get anything done and to do anything for Claire Camogie. And uh, I'd say without them, uh, They'd be struggling, especially funds wise, because uh Croke Park and back and now a million steps. So you're visit you're visiting all the Camogie clubs again this year, are
5: you? Yep, visiting so we changed up uh, the routine if you like, so that just to mix it up a bit. And um, and when we looked at last year I had just shy of seven hundred thousand steps done. So Joe Donnell, Skelly, and Marina and Mcnamara, all the other officers. They're all doing approximately 2,000 steps a day. Now, all the other 10, they don't do their steps every day. They're okay with between them. So there would be five of them that would do 2,000, maybe 2,100 steps a day. And then I do balance, which would be about 23,000.
4: You must be as fit as a fiddle, breed.
5: (laughs) Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And this past week, now last year, I got weather warnings in terms of rain and wind. And this year, it's a weather warning in terms of heat. And uh, the last week has been a struggle, all right, with temperatures and up in the the high 20s, like 26 degrees in Sika and Chilinina on Saturday morning. And then Sunday morning, Kitchen, 26 degrees. Tucked down in Sunday afternoon, early afternoon with Eleanor Skelly and and some of the guys there, and it's twenty-eight degrees, and it was blistering that season.
4: And you're you're getting great support from the club members themselves as well, are you?
5: Yeah, the club like they know the routine now. They have their their dates and they know that I rock up. We have all the smallies. We do a lap of the pitch with the that They all get to put their their money in the bucket, and then I take off out the road around the the, the locality and um, we don't bring young ones out the road, one or two a day. I don't remember of the club can come with me because we don't want to cause any traffic problems either. And it, it's been well received. Yeah, it been so it has. And the clubs are enjoying it. And I think it's the small ones that are really loving it. And that down in Smith O'Brien a couple of weeks ago, and they were just so thrilled. They had won day seeing their 14 C, and they were in twenty twenty. Um, they were thrilled, thrilled to be able to bring it along Like and show off that they'd won. And in can see there during the weekend, Tuesday evening, and uh, likewise, uh, some of the under-14 teams uh, showed up and, again, they were delighted to be able to, to show off the silverware and what have you. And, you know, for two clubs, two of our baby clubs, as we call them, it's huge for them to have, to have silverware and then to be made feel part of this fundraiser, which is essential for the continuance.
4: Of Claire Camogie. Uh, Claire Camogie has come from strength to strength, and uh, we'd like to claim some of that here in Scarf Bay Community Radio. I know there's some streaming on TV as well, but a uh, lot of coverage here from Leo and Pat and yeah. all his commentary team over the last few years, including yourself as well, Breed. So Claire Camogie has come on in leaps and bounds, hasn't it?
5: We have indeed, and it has to be said, like, that I think Scarf Bay have really. Community Radio, really. they really have put it up to the other media outlets, like, you know, the girls, they're treated as equally as our, our GA counterparts as they are. And I think that's the way it has to go for all media outlets. Um, a few weeks ago, our minors played a semi-final below in Limerick, and... The report was submitted to the print media, unfortunately, didn't make it to print. But the following week, in the under 20 were out, it, that made it to print. And it's things like that, we need to see fairness for the girls. And I can quite proudly say that the Bay Community Radio, the girls that feature so well in terms of coverage, interviews, uh, pre match uh, predictions, post-match analysis, you know, it's superb. And for me as a county hero, it's superb to see that coverage and long may continue. And you mentioned Leo and Pat, they're just a superb team. So they are Luke and, and Jim there as well, uh, keeping the show on the road, whether it be Six Mile Bridge, whether it be Athenry, whether it's the Borg, you know, they're always there. So Brendan is another one part of the team. And my, hat, my I take my hat off you because it's superb.
4: Uh, Breed, um, Claire you your fundraising for Claire Camo, So anybody who's listening here today, how can they uh, send you a few Bob if you want to, if they want to?
5: They can do it from the comfort of their own chair own. So they can just take out the phone and it's on Twitter and it's on Facebook and it's on Instagram. The link to the GoFundMe page. So it's GoFundMe, Claire Camo, one million steps and you put in whatever you want there and all donations are very, very gratefully received. And my tour uh, is say thank you right now.
4: And, Camille, tell me, do you have a target or is it just general fundraising you're doing?
5: It, we have a target of 10,000 and we're halfway there, so we are.
4: That's a great achievement. So, uh, Breed McNamara, the PRO of Clare Camogie, One million steps for Clare Camogie, fundraising for all the clubs uh, and for Clare Camogie. Uh, I want to congratulate you again. Uh, We interviewed you last year when you were doing your walk to Croke Park and back, and here we are now again with a million steps. I wonder what next year will bring for Breed.
5: Uh, There won't be a walk. I think my feet are just No, that's what we're doing now. We're done. Yeah, unless they're sponsored by
4: some uh, shoe manufacturer.
5: (laughs) Yeah, definitely, um, I don't know, we'll have hopefully light the back normal for all of us next year old, um, with vaccines and everything and we'll be able to return to, you know, a function, a, a function room and, and have a bingo night or something like that because you do miss that. It's not just the fundraiser, it's also socialism and that is something I think that, and it's not just us, but it's across the board, it's every association we're missing out on that personal touch as well so we are and i just i for one anyway can't wait in life to phenomenal until we can be worried about will we have a crowd show up at whatever venue we're having the bingo night at or whatever it is we're doing but you know it's, the support of so far has been great and we do understand and appreciate that times kind are of difficult for people in these covert times as, as we're calling them so any support we receive, it's very, very much
4: appreciated. And and the people of Clare are very good at dipping their hands in their pockets. Uh, Breed McNamara, P.O. of Clare Camogie, on 1 million steps for Clare Camogie. Thanks for taking the call today and the best of luck with the rest of your walk. And we'll we see you soon here in the studio.
5: You will indeed. Thanks very much for the, the call, On Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: You have been listening to News Extra on Scariff Bay Community Radio. Join us again next weekend and we will keep you updated on local events. This is Trish Nugent for Scarif Bay Community Radio.